Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to today's program. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thank you for being a part of today's program. You know, we worry about a lot of things in America, and it's our human nature to worry. We worry about our families, our health, our jobs, the government, and a lot more. It's just it's just the way we built. I mean, my mom was a big worrier. I mean, I remember that and learned that from her and had to decide at some point in life, gotta stop the worry. But with all the concerns of Iran and the Middle East, what happens to us? We worry about it. For now, it appears investors are shaking off the fear, even though the market has shrugged off the events in the Middle East. This type of global activity often leads to increased volatility in the market, especially in the short term. Well, what do we do about it? My guest this morning is Latrice McLean and Scott Jordan, and they have some great ideas for coping with a volatile market and all the anxiety that comes with it. You'll find this information very helpful and maybe help you not to worry. Also, did you receive a gift from someone over the holidays and you need to return it? I did. And in fact, it was from my wife. And, you know, you have to be careful how you return gifts from your wife. I get it. I get it. Consumers have come to, you know, to the point of expecting flexible return policies, including the right to return items purchased online free of charge. Well, if you don't like it, you just return it. Nancy Crawford from the Better Business Bureau is with us in the studio, and she is here to talk about something that we need to know about. It's called return fraud. It's a $20 billion crime. And the holiday season and the month after, that's the peak. So you don't want to miss what she's going to talk about. From our digital files, the Treasury Department just released that the national debt of the United States is... Was because it was this December the thirty first twenty three point two trillion dollars at the close of business last on the Tuesday December the thirty first. That is an increase of ten point nine trillion over the last ten years. Greg, that's a big big number. My math says they're adding about a trillion a year. Well, here's the question: Which president contributed the most? From a written article in the Balance. The ranking the presidents as to who has contributed to the national's debt since 1942. The largest percentage increase is Franklin D. Roosevelt, 1,048%. Obviously, most of us know this, the New Deal cost billions. Barack Obama, he grew the national debt by the most dollars, almost 8.26, oh, excuse me, 8.6 trillion Dollars. Coming up, Latrice McLean, Scott Jordan, financial worries and fears Americans have today, and Nancy Crawford, return policy fraud. It costs us a lot of money. We want to learn about it. We want to know how to avoid it. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's programs or podcast of past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. Talk Money. 
Podcast of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Nancy Crawford Butcher or the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South. The views and opinions expressed are those of Nancy Crawford Butcher only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I don't know about you, but you get this gift that you, boy, you really told the person, man, it's great. Thank you so much. And then it doesn't fit. Maybe it's not the right color, or maybe you've got three pair just like it or something, and you got to return it. And that's a legitimate return. It's somebody gave you a gift and it doesn't fit and you want to return it. Now, what I want to talk about with this lady, Nancy Crawford, to from the Better Business Bureau, she's going to talk about something that's really kind of sad to think that we're having to spend our dollars to cover such a big crime. It's a $20 billion crime. Nancy, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm talking about return policy fraud. I mean, just really this whole idea of uh, how we go about this process of creating something that is so big. Why does it start up? Well, I guess my question for it right off the top, it's a problem. We know it's a problem. It's a problem all year long, but I guess during the holiday season and the month of January, it's big time. It's big time. Um, this is the time when consumers have done a lot of shopping right before the holidays. And consumers today shop in a different way. In the past, when you were going to buy a gift for someone, you'd decide what you were getting. You'd go to the store. You might go to several stores and price the items. Today, you can do all that on the Internet. And so you might buy an item early in the season. And say, you know, I'm going to pay full price for it now. But if it goes on sale later, I'll buy it again with the intention of returning the first one. So a lot of consumers are buying gifts that they know they're going to return. So the the thought process, okay, I get it. Okay, I, I'm going to I'm going to buy you a gift. And, I, and I'm going to wait. If it goes on sale, I still got to the 25th to give it to you. So I might be able to get it cheaper and send the other one back. Send the other one back. Send the full price one back. I got it. Also, a lot of people do their shopping online for clothing, and you can't try it on. So they may order the same pair of jeans in two sizes and send back the one that doesn't fit. Okay. So people are shopping with returns in mind in a way that we didn't do in the past. All right, so that's created this mindset that shoppers are with the with the thought process, I can return it and the retailer saying I've got to have this relaxed, almost loose 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 return policy in order to meet the needs of the shopper. They're trying to to balance the brick-and-mortar stores with the online shopping. And so lots of the, the big-box retailers now will let you order online, have the item delivered directly to your home or your work, and then if you need to return it, you can just drop it off at the store that's right around the block. So they're trying all these things to make it convenient for consumers to bring consumers into the store, even if it's to return an item, because perhaps they'll buy another item while they're there. And a lot of these retailers are really afraid of these negative reviews. Oh, yeah. You know, people are posting reviews about their experiences today. People are reading reviews. And if... You know, you're going to stay in a hotel somewhere and you haven't been to that area before. 
I go online and I read the reviews about it. I was traveling for work one time, heading to Dallas, and uh, read the reviews on the hotel. And the only negative reviews said the elevator's slow. And I said, "Well, that uh, great. I can live with that. I can live with that. I'll stay on a low floor, you know, <laughs> and use the stairway." Um, but people really do pay attention to reviews. They pay attention to current reviews. They don't want to read a v- review from two years ago. Okay. They want to read something that happened recently before they make their decision to shop with that store. So what happens is the retailer has got. I mean, the risk. There's an enormous amount of risk here because we're talking about fraud. I, I said it in the monologue, a $20 billion crime. Yes. And I mean, and you mentioned one time we were talking, I mean, talking about this in preparation. You talk about the idea of wardrobing. And, I, and you know, that just struck me as going, I never thought about that. But I, I, I was actually sharing it with somebody. He said, oh, I know somebody that does that. No problem. I mean, you know, and at the point is. That does happen. Wardrobing. Explain what wardrobing is. It does happen. And it got the term wardrobing because it started in the clothing industry. People who needed a fancy outfit for a holiday party or a wedding they were going to attend would purchase an item, tuck the tag in so nobody could see it, wear it to the big event, and then bring it back after they'd worn it. And that's fraud. You bought the item, you used used it, it. and now you're bringing it back. So um, it doesn't only happen in clothing. Um, It happens at other times of the year, not just the holidays. Talk about the Super Bowl, you know, people want to have people over and the friends want to be able to see the game. So they go out and buy a bigger screen TV. They use it for the Super Bowl party and then they bring it back. Um, after- I've actually ex- watched that. I'm actually, <laughs> I actually know that I sat there and re- watched a person return. I said, boy, that was a nice TV. Would you? Yeah, we just watched the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. But that's what he said. But, but that's he didn't have any problem do. saying that either. <laughs> After natural disasters, we see people buy chainsaws and generators and then return them later and say, oh, it stopped working. Well, the truth of the matter is they didn't need, need it, it anymore, and so they returned it. So wardrobing, using something one time, knowing you're going to take it back. So now— let me ask you this. There's some other kind. I mean, that to me is fraud. You said it was fraud. It's real fraud. If you just tuned in, my guest is Nancy Crawford with the Better Business Bureau. We're talking about a $20 billion a year crime. It's basically a very simple return fraud. Very simple to the fact you buy something and you use it and you return it, and that's a problem. And the point is, if it's used, you've bought it and you've used it. So now, Nancy, you're talking about issues, not only like a TV or maybe someone bought a, an item of clothing, put tucked the tag in, as you said. But I mean, all of a sudden, we're moving from that to this other kinds of return fraud. I mean, this is, I mean, things that really get into returning stolen merchandise is a big item. Exactly. Um, Retailers know that there are going to be a lot of people returning items right after the holiday season. And if you've already returned one of those this year, you know you might have had to stand in line. And then they're going to ask you if you have a receipt. But even if you don't have a receipt, during the holiday season, they might be a little more lenient knowing that you probably got this as a gift. So someone who comes into the store, picks up an item, gets in line to return it, who actually 
didn't receive that as a gift and didn't purchase that item. And but, let, me, let, me, let me help. I just can't believe that can happen. But I, I know what I mean. I have a friend of mine that works for one of our large department stores. And all she does is watch about 50 cameras. Yep. And that's her job. And she has about 20 employees. And they're up someplace in some room. I don't even know where they are. But they have the, the shoppers that are walking around in the store. And she's caught a couple of those people doing that, where they picked up something, went straight to the counter, and and, and want to return. Yeah. And, and they're watching it as it happens. And it, and it I mean, I'm going, she, when she was telling me that, I'm going, I, I, are you serious? And they said, and yeah, the sad thing about it is some people get away with it. Yeah. A they lot of people don't, get away with don't it. Get, don't get them. Don't catch them. Receipt fraud. Um, people toss their receipts in the trash can outside the store because, oh, I don't need that. I'm going to keep the item. Somebody comes along, picks up the receipt, goes in, picks up one of the items that matches the receipt, gets in line to return it. Um, Employee fraud, you know, assistance from employees to return stolen goods for full retail price. Price switching where people go in and take the sticker off of a higher-priced item and put it on a lower-priced item that they are returning and get the higher price for that item. I, I actually experienced that recently. I mean, you're, you're talking about stuff that I've been around, and I didn't even realize <laughs> it. I was at a store, and a guy, was he brought me over. He said, look, this price is off the road. And I'm telling him, well, it's it's look at the SKU number. I right. said, look at the SKU number. And he said, well, it's, nope, they have it here, and it's marked this way, and I should get the price at the lower price. And he wanted me to agree with him <laughs> because he wanted to go up to the front with a counter and say, hey, this guy agrees with me. you know. And I'm going... I, you know, the skew says it's not right. that item. Right, not that item. And I'm not saying he did that. I'm just saying somebody changed the price and he wanted the lower price. Right. And the law also says that a retailer doesn't have to honor a price that was put on an item in error. So if somebody picked up an item and looked at it and placed it on a different shelf right. and there's a different price under it. They don't have to honor that price if it was an honest error. Yeah, but the SKU number should clear all that up. Exactly. And, and that's, that's what I said. Look at this, and it's, you know, it was just, it was a simple item. But he was adamant about it. And I'm thinking when you said all of a sudden the reviews, you know, he goes online, types in a review. I was cheated Had, at right. such and such store. Had a horrible experience. Horrible Don't ex- shop there. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I'd hate to be a retailer right now with all that going on. But that's a problem. Yep, it sure is. And, you know, we've got what we call bricking, where someone purchases a working electronic item and then deliberately strips it of its valuable components to render it unusable and then returns that item for profit. So think of... So they're selling the parts that they stripped it from. uh, Yes. They're selling the parts, or they're stripping the information off of whatever the device is, and then saying, hey, it didn't work. I need a new one, or I need to return this because it didn't work, when indeed they do have what they bought. Yeah. So... Um, open box fraud, when you purchase an item from a store and return it opened with the intent to repurchase it at a lower price, you open the box and then you say, you know, no, this wasn't what I wanted. I'm taking it back. And then once the retailer puts it back on the shelf, you circle back around, pick it up, and it's been marked down because the box has been opened. Wow. 
So there are all kinds of fraud. All right, I got to ask you from the Better Business Bureau: Who pays for this cost? This has got to be an enormous. I mean, really, it's twenty billion dollars. Well, obviously, it's going to trickle down to us. Uh, Retailers absorb the direct cost in lower margins and profits. States lose billions of dollars in tax revenue. According to one study by commercial real estate service firm CBRE, in partnership with Optoro, which is a company that helps retailers process returns, shoppers were expected to return $41.6 billion worth of merchandise bought on the Internet this November and December. Wow. So that's the kind of thing we talked about earlier where I'm going to go ahead and buy it. It's a hot item. I don't want to not have this item to give my child because it's one of the hot toys. Right. But I'm also going to wait and see if there's a sale. So if there's a sale, I'm going to buy it again. I'm going to return the one at full price. I mean that's a big number. Now let me let me just ask this question. With all that going on, I mean this is a, I mean it's you talked about that that number is up from last year. What's it up from last year? About thirty billion, thirty five billion. It's up about thirty seven billion from last year. That's and that would make it an all time high. All time high. Now, all right. With that in mind, retailers doing their best to control it. They're absorbing some of the cost. Our tax dollars are being affected by it. We the consumer. What can we do? Well, you want to make sure that if you're opening a present, somebody gives you an item for the holidays or your birthday, if you know right off the bat you're not going to use that and you're going to take it back, don't take it out of the original packaging. Okay. Leave it completely packaged the way it is because that will make it easier to return. It can go back on the shelf if it's in the original bank. And that retailer can sell it for full price right. because it hasn't been opened. Um, hang on to the packaging if you do open it. Uh, don't take the tags off the clothes okay. until you've tried them on and you know they fit. Not and, worn to the party. Not but, worn to the party. <laughs> you know, that's an integrity issue because, it I mean, really that's just is. pretty, bottom line is, that's just integrity. Yeah, it's cheating. Yeah. And uh, hang on to your receipts. Uh, a lot of people lose those gift receipts in the frenzy of unwrapping presents. Right. I had a friend last year who lost an actual pair of tennis shoes and a fleece vest in the frenzy of picking up all the wrapping paper and, and empty a- boxes, <laughs> and they got thrown out with the trash. So if you don't know the merchant's refund policy, visit the website. It's going to be there. And if you're in a brick-and-mortar store and you're buying something ask what the retail policy, the return policy is, it should be posted somewhere in the store by the cash registers on the back of the receipt. Um, They should have that information available for consumers before you make that purchase because everybody's return policy is not the same. Same, yeah. And people say, well, they have to take it back. Well, that's not actually true. A retailer can set their own return policy. And if they say, I'll take it back and give you money, that's what they have to do. If Mm. they say, I'll take it back and give you merchandise credit, that's what they have to do. But if they say, I don't take returns, they don't take returns. And that's okay as long as they told people that 
up front. Up front. I mean, I was recently in a, in a retail store where they had signs everywhere. You buy it today, you get this big discount, but there's no return. That's right. And that's okay if you understand that. If you understand that. And be prepared to show ID and accept a store credit, especially if you don't have a receipt. And sometimes if you don't have a receipt, the store credit that they'll give you is less than maybe what the gift giver paid but you have no way of proving what the gift giver paid right. without that little gift receipt. And that's okay to ask for the gift receipt. That's not being a, you know, uh, I mean, just that's if you if you think you might just ask. It's it's always a good thing to say, hey, give me a gift receipt for all of this, right. and tuck it in that package when you wrap that package. It doesn't have the price on it, so the the recipient doesn't know how much money you spent, which is generally the reason people sure. don't want to give sure. the receipt. But there's a barcode on it that tells the store how much was paid for that item. Uh, that's the key. If you just tuned in, it's Nancy Crawford with the Better Business Bureau. She's a frequent guest of ours. Does a great job giving us insight to what's going on as far as retail, as far as all the things. And a lot of times we talk about fraud, but so many times, as she has today, helped us understand what to do when you've got a gift or you've bought something and you want to return it. You know, bottom line is, and Nancy, I so much appreciate what you said. It's an integrity issue. If you're going to try to steal something, this is just pure white collar crime. That's it all is. it is. It is and cheating and stealing. Cheating and stealing. <laughs> and it's costing us all a lot of money. And if you've returned an item and you've had a great experience with that store, go online and post I a review. It, yeah. You know, people are very quick to post negative reviews, but just take a minute to say a few sentences about your experience with that store. They will greatly appreciate yeah, that. I so much appreciate you being with us today. You always do a great job, and you bring a beautiful smile with you today, too. Thank, Thank you for you. that. Coming up in just a few minutes, we have Latrice McClin and Scott Jordan. They have some very good ideas about coping with this volatile market, especially the anxiety that comes with it, you'll find that what they're going to tell us will help you get through all the headlines, all the worry and the problems with what's going on in the Middle East. You do not want to miss the second half of the program. Stay with us. I'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Latrice McClinn is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, my guests in the second half of the program are here to help us get through all the noise and what's going on in the Middle East. We've got bombings. We've got... You know, I'm listening to other programs where they're saying, well, they, you know, we're deploying the 87th Airborne. I mean, it's a lot of stuff going on. And I think these guys are here to kind of help us understand what we should keep our focuses on. So Scott McGordon and Latrice, welcome to the program, both of you. Thank you. Good to be here. Great to be here, Jim. Well, guys, here's let's start with this. And, and, and I guess I'll go first with you, Scott. I'm going to lead into this idea behind the noise and the market and all the stuff. I mean, you know, I hate to admit it. I get up during the middle of the night to check to see what the pre-market's doing to see that we're not just falling off a cliff. And as of Friday, you know, that's become, I think, every day. I mean, is the market. And it seems, honestly, 
that the market, the investors, have basically kind of shrugged this off as a set of the money lock. But, but what do you want our listeners to understand about all this that's going on? What would be your first thought of advice? Well, you know, Jim, we always see that any kind of geopolitical event tends to, at least for the short term, increase volatility. A lot of lot of noise out there, a lot of lot of news going on that tends to promote a lot of fear in people. So, you know, the first thing I would say is be careful and stop listening to a lot of the noise out there. Don't you know, sitting there spending all day hanging on every word of what the various news channels are out there saying can really stir up those emotions inside and create that fear. Um, and we say it all the time, emotions are the enemy of any good financial strategy. So stay out of the news so much. Okay, um, so are you saying cut it off and or, or just check it on a, on a systematic basis? Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't think I could tell somebody to cut it off. They're going to be interested. I, I, I think all it's just a matter, you know, and I think that's what's so important about working with somebody that you can get feedback from is, uh, you know, we get calls from clients. We, we help talk them through things like this. Um, you're you're going to have your emotions. There's no way to you, – you can't tell somebody to stop worrying. A lot of people are going to worry anyway. But, you know, keep the, the more you sit there and – we have a 24-hour news cycle. Yes, now. we that's, do. That's something that's kind of newer to these generations. And to sit there and focus on that all day long, you know, constantly looking at your phone, constantly watching – Whatever news channel that you like to tune into can really start to stir up those emotions. And, and again, having an investment strategy and sticking to it is the key to hitting those long-term goals. It's not getting emotional and making short-term knee-jerk All right, that's, that's the point. But, Latrice, now, last night, I have to say this. I, I come home from work, and I get in, and, you know, and um, I'd actually gone and worked out. And, I, you know, so I'm walking in. It's about 6.30, quarter to 7.00. And Miss Linda is glued to the TV. <laughs> I mean, and it's showing this bombing that she, she said, mm. have you seen the news? I mean, you know, mm. you know what I'm talking about. And yeah. so I'm so I pulled her off the TV, you know, and, and said that. And, and of course, you know, the good part about it is she said, OK, tell me what's going on. I mean, I, she had that filter. But I mean, just the fact that, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, and so what do you tell the young ladies, the ladies that you do a lot of work with. I mean, you're constantly dealing with people that are asking you those questions. Ooh, you know, that fear. What's happening? So I, I think what you say is, is stop listening to the noise. Sometimes the noise is not just the media. It's just being in circles of people and just talking. Oh, great that's excellent. Point. And so that's why it's important, like Scott said, is to talk to your financial professional because obviously there's a strategy that you have come up with. So we, we'll get in, you know, with our friends, our girlfriends, and we're talking about what we saw on television, what we see uh, on our phones uh, through the media. And so that that gets us emotional as well. And I think that is that can create sometimes because regardless, you could have if you've got 20 people together, you're going to have yeah. somebody over here that's, you know, it's doomsday. We're going to have the bombing tomorrow. going to annihilate the uh, world. And the other said to us, nothing's going to happen. And there's a whole lot of noise in the middle. And it's hard to interpret what's real and what's not real. And that's, yeah. that is what you're yeah. talking about. And I think that's so critical. You said stay focused. 
Scott, what do you mean stay focused? I mean, I know people think they have a plan, but this sometimes, because I'm going to talk to Latrice in a minute about retirement, because that's a worry. It is a worry. That's a crime. Yeah. What do you mean stay focused? Well, what I mean by that is is having that long-term strategy, setting those long-term goals. Remember, money and investments, those are a tool to accomplish the things we want to accomplish. So having a long-term plan, long-term goals in place, creating a strategy to accomplish those goals, and then sticking with that. I mean, sometimes it takes getting a little perspective. I mean, you think back, since 1928, and I think this this, uh, statistic ends in 2018, the S&P 500 has returned 9.5%, including dividends. Overall. Overall. Now, now think back of what all has happened during that time period. And you can kind of take it decade by decade. That's a good point. We had World War II in the 40s. We had the Korean War in the 50s. Cuban Missile Crisis in the 60s, 70s, we had the oil embargo, Watergate, 80s, we had the 87 stock market crash, inflation going crazy, uh, mortgage rates were at 14%. Yep. You know, then you, you, on and on, 90s, the desert storm, 2000, we had 9-11. And through all of that, there was a lot of volatility in the markets. Yep. But the if you maintain that long-term perspective, again, you if you stayed invested, you have a 9.5% rate of return. So it's it's knowing what you're trying to accomplish, understanding that strategy and sticking with it, and ignoring all the noise. You know, I like the way you say that, and I feel so comfortable when you say that until I turn on Fox News or turn on CNBC, <laughs> and they tell me the world's coming to an end. And my back, it's different this time, My right? backbone <laughs> just do do? melts yeah. right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I guess what you're I mean, I, I, I knew what you were going to say, and I know that's what we would tell anybody who calls. And Latrice, you're talking about the whole idea. But, guys, that is a lot easier said it is. than mm-hmm. done. It is. And, and I think that goes back to working with somebody who has some perspective perspective on it that that studies yeah. the markets you know we're looking at this and we're not immune to our emotions no, we no. we we experience the same things but we understand the principles that have worked throughout history you know we go back to those fundamentals asset allocation diversification rebalancing mm-hmm. the portfolio Stay. having a strategy yeah. so you know yeah. why you're doing what you're doing and that works those principles work and you just have to kind of have faith in those and I, know that yeah. i'm going to stick with that so powerful that's when we come back i really want to talk about retirement because i know mm-hmm. we've got listeners right now that are saying i don't have any more time to accumulate more dollars what's going to happen so i want you to talk about that latrice and help us understand when we worry about things like this and we look at our retirement. How do we manage that? Um, Scott's told us to stop listening to the noise. You said stop listening to yeah. all the friends and the noise around that. That is yeah. powerful. Easier said than done. But that is, a, that is a great thought process. And then stay focused to the big picture. I like, Scott, that you went back and said from World War One all the way through all the crises that we've had, we've still seen a positive return. That's important. When we come back, we're talking about level-headed strategies in markets that are not always as easy as we would like. 2019 seemed to have been just a no-brainer. It just you know, went up. Well, maybe that's not what's going to happen in 2020. That's what we want to find out. That's what we're talking to two people that deal with it all the time. You don't want to miss what they're going to say when we come back. They've got a lot more information for us, a lot of information that helps us stay focused. And I like the fact that we're trying to give you some insight to make sure that you're not worrying about all the things that seems to come at us like a fire hydrant. Stay with us. I will be right back. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. 
If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Memphis changed forever in 1909 when W.C. Handy first came to Bill Street. A song originally written for E.H. Crump's mayoral race established Handy as the first blues musician when the sheet music was published three years later under the title Memphis Blues. After his parents wouldn't let him buy a guitar, Handy devoted every spare moment of his time to playing a cornet. As a young man, Handy worked odd jobs and played in orchestras from Alabama to Indiana until forming a successful band in 1893. But the constant touring and low pay wore on Handy, who traveled with his band until they finally settled in Memphis, where through his writing and playing, he fused his own African-American heritage with American culture as a whole. His music brought people together, and his popularity spanned across racial divides in a radically new way. Although Handy rests in peace today, he lives forever in the Memphis blues. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I've said earlier that we worry about a lot of things in America. It's just our human nature. We worry about our families, our health, our jobs, our retirement, the government, and now we're worrying about what's going on in the Middle East and how it affects our investment portfolio, our retirement plan, maybe what we were going to do this year as a vacation. What is all of those things? I have friends of ours that are going to Israel next week, and they're all concerned about all the issues going on there. So the bottom line is, it's the nature. It's just what happens. And so Scott's told us, and, and Latrice has told us, these are my guests today. They're going through this whole thought process, giving us some level-headed strategies, and they've said, stop listening to the noise, whether it's the media, whether it's a friend. And I I, I have to say, guys, I, I can say that, but it's not as easy to do as we would like, as I said earlier, my wife was glued to the TV last night. And so, but that's important. We should make a disciplined thought and an effort to stop listening to all the noise, set out away from it, get away from it, watch a funny movie. I mean, do something. Stay focused on the big picture. Scott was very specific in taking us all the way through the process since World War I of things that have happened, and the market continues to move forward. Now, it's volatile. It goes up. It goes down. And sometimes we feel nervous about that, but not to lose our focus on the big picture 10, 20, 30 years out. Now, Latrice, I want to ask you, though, because worrying about retirement, I know that retirement worry, when people worry about their retirement, that's just a... That's a normal thing. In fact, I want to have you back in a couple of weeks to talk more about some of these worries that Americans have. I have both of you guys back. But preparing for retirement, they're getting ready for retirement. What about the person that has retired? Tell me about what you think you would want them to know from what we're talking about today. Well, the the biggest thing with the person that's already retired is, first of all, hopefully they're working with a financial professional that's able to communicate with them uh, if they're worried about like we're talking about just fears and things that are going on now in the, in, with the country, with the world. Talk them off the cliff, in other yes, words. Yes, I got that. exactly. And it's really interesting. Uh, preparing for retirement is the biggest worry for most Americans. And and one one thing that, that will help is to just make sure 
um, that you've put enough money aside or you've maxed out um, um, the accounts uh, with your employer to make sure you, you have enough So money. stay focused on doing that. If you've yes. already retired and you don't have that, you just mm-hmm. you know get rid of the noise and stay yes. where, where you are. But if you're not and you're still working too, don't change your plan. Don't change your plan. Yeah, and that and that's what that financial professional that you're working with is going to be able to help you with. Yeah, you know, John, I think I think the kind of the three questions most people are asking is is will I ever have enough? How much is enough? And will it always be enough? And I mm-hmm. and I think you know when you when you've made that switch into retirement and you're living off those assets, and we do experience volatility like that's extremely and emotionally hard on people because now. I, I have to have that money to keep that paycheck coming in every month. And when I see that balance drop, I get really nervous about that. So I think, you know, maintaining that long-term perspective, like we just talked about earlier, you know, having that perspective of we're going to go through these times. Economic uncertainty is certain. Um, economic cycles are say, normal. Say that again. Economic, economic uncertainty. uncertainty is certain. Can I write that down? That sounded pretty smart. It sounds good. That sounds really good. I, I'm and, and knowing like, that and having a plan. Scott Jordan's there. That's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> but no, having a strategy or plan to deal with that is is crucial. No, expect these downturns. Expect this volatility. We don't know where the next geopolitical event is coming from. We don't know the next you know problem of the day. But there's going to be some. We know that. All you have to do is look back through history and see what we've gone through to know you're going to experience. I mean, most people now are retired for 20, 30, maybe even 35 years. During that time period, you're going to experience some ups and downs in the market. That's a a certainty. It's the nature of the beast. Ride the beast. Now, that's hard to do, though. I mean, very hard. I mean, I I know, guys, we talk about this almost at a nonchalant because we do it every day. You referred Mm -hmm. to getting a professional. You know, last night, my wife, I, I, I mean, literally, I mean, she was she was literally standing you know, looking at the TV, you know, going, what in the world? Because, I mean, the media was saying this and that and this. And and, and she says, is this going to be a problem? This, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I mean, here she's got a guy that's been doing this for 47 years. And she's kind of turned into me saying, talk me off the wall. OK, right. mm-hmm. now, now, she's not a worrier, so don't get me wrong. But but I mean, she's one that she was she was serious. I mean, because the media was saying uh-oh, this is a big deal. And and I think that's what was you. So how do we help people understand that, guys? You, you know, you say, you know, don't listen to the media. But <laughs> that's, that's easier said than done. Yeah. We can't really get away from it today. No, I mean, it's everywhere can. we go. So, so. What, what are we trying? I want to leave people today with a real sense of, of dealing with the media You'd mentioned emotions. Now, talk about emotions. Latrice, you see this with the, as you talked about girlfriends, they get emotionally involved. Help me with that. And I think it's important too, Jim, to remember we, we can't predict the future, but we can prepare. This is why. Wow, that's a Hey, that's right. That one down. Like that one down too. <laughs> We're on a roll this morning. We're just on a roll. <laughs> you know, this is, you know, guys, that's serious though. We can't predict, but we can prepare. And that's what you're saying. That's great. So keep going. Yeah, so those emotions are going to come. And, and Scott mentioned all of the different events that have happened for ages, but still the market has done what it's done and people have been able to retire and still continue to live. Uh, that's, that's, you know what? That may be probably the, the kind of the crux of everything, the pillar. 
It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. We do live through it. We do survive. It may be. I mean, 2008 was as painful as anything that I've ever seen in my career. Absolutely. But I lived through the 14% interest. You know, I lived through the oil embargo. I lived through uh, assassination attempts on presidents. I've lived through all of those things that go on are things that are, at the time, very tough. Absolutely. And very sobering. But yet at the same time, we don't get caught up in in the reality of the moment and stop doing. We stay focused. I, I really think that is one of the most important things we've said today is helping us stay focused. When we come back, I want us to make sure that everybody listens to this program and can walk away and say, I understand one, two, three leading strategies, leading thoughts, leading ideas that will keep me from falling off the cliff, jumping off the cliff during a geopolitical problem. That's really what the purpose of today's program is, is to help people get through this process. You're listening to Talk Money, and I'm Jim Shoemaker. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we've been talking with Scott Jordan and Latrice McClin. We've been going through some strategies during this time of geopolitical unrest in the Middle East. Basically, I mean, we talk about it all the time. You know, the market's doing this, the market's doing that, but the biggest Unknown is what do happens to the market in a geopolitical problem. Well, that's going on right now. And the reality is, you know, it seems that investors have pretty much shrugged it off as it's a no-brainer, a, you know, doesn't really mind. We don't care. But the media is beating it up, talking about it, and guess what? It makes us stressed out. It's the noise of the media. It's listening to these talking heads who really are looking at getting the eyeball. That's that's what they want. They, I mean, I told you about my wife being glued to it last night. She's going to get me for referring to her this much on this program today. I'm going to be in trouble. You're going to get it when you get it. Uh, you know, that's just going to be, she's going to say, what did, I wasn't glued. <laughs> I can hear her now. I'm in trouble. Well, so that's the way it works. But the reality is, I mean, it, you know, I know people that are like that. I mean, but, you know, it's it's a good, solid mindset this is just reality. Now, how do we deal with it? Well, one of the things that I think is so critical, and I want Scott to, you know, you help us with this. You've talked about, both of you guys have done a great job about not listening to the noise, staying focused on the big picture. But how do, do I get caught up in trying to do something or do I just stay focused? What what about flexibility during this time, Scott? That's a good point, John. You know, volatile markets are stressful. We've talked about that. We've emphasized that. I don't want to, uh, you know, diminish people's emotions. It is a stressful time. Trying to time when to let, let's say there's a there's a temptation to bail out of the market. Like let me just get out of this. But trying to time when to get in and out of the market. There's a lot of research on that. Investors are notoriously bad at at knowing when to get in and when to get out, and that's a very hard thing to do. I mean, we're we're professionals, and we would admit we can't time the market. It's just hard to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're sitting by passively not doing anything. You know, we work with a lot of management teams out there, and they're constantly looking for opportunities. And sometimes these 
geopolitical events or market volatility can present new opportunities to take advantage of. And, and our managers behind the scenes are doing that. And we're looking at our allocations. And if there's opportunities to make some shifts, absolutely. But, you know, going all in or going all out is very seldom the right decision. So so what you're saying is not timing, but be flexible be enough flexible. to move right. if you need to move. And that's what a job is. And you both have talked about that, knowing when to consult the advisor, when to sit down with someone to get that advice. Not the girlfriends that you were talking about. Not not knocking the girlfriends. It's good to have them. But the point is, don't let them become your investment advisor, no. uh, and unless that's what they do for a profession. Let's. We talked about not listening to the noise, staying focused. Now flexibility. Latrice, emotions. With with that, and 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 then just talking earlier about preparing for retirement or anything financially, you just need to face your fears, face your financial fears, and just deal with them. If that's you just sitting down with a financial professional and just talking about it, uh, whatever it is, it's important that you do that. And I think this is an important statistic, Jim, from um, uh, Save and Invest. It says that 21 percent of people haven't saved anything at all for retirement. That's a fear you got to face. You yeah. have to you know that someday you want to retire. So you have to prepare for that. I think that's so critical. I think that's something that so many people forget to do in, mm-hmm. in the emotional side. Scott, what about from your chair? I mean, if we coached the client, if we coach the person in, to a way of understanding, we shouldn't see the fear. And And we are fortunate. We don't have that problem. But our listeners don't always get the benefit of having someone to guide them. This may be what they listen to to help them guide through that. What would you say to someone about this? Well, I mean, I, I think I would find someone that, that is knowledgeable and trustworthy that I can bounce ideas off of and that I can reach out to during these times because, like I said, we're all vulnerable to it. We're all vulnerable to reacting to our emotions. So having um, I think it goes back to that strategy, Jim. When you really understand what you're trying to accomplish and what it takes to do that, rather than just I'm just investing out here in a vacuum and I hope my investments always go up, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm trying to accomplish. I know what historically, you know, past performance is no predictor of future. I'm going to throw that out there. But we know what has happened. We know what we've been through. And we know that overall the market gives us a nice return over time. So I think it's staying focused understanding that but I, I do think it's important to have somebody else so that we don't get inside of ourselves and get to feeling those emotions and make knee-jerk reactions well, that end up great derailing our long-term plans let me see if i can summarize kind of what you said let's make sure that we stop listening to the noise yes. now that doesn't mean mm-hmm. cut the tv off but just just filter it don't don't get caught up in it every day number two stay focused You've talked mm-hmm. about retirement planning, Latrice, whether you're in the middle of it or you're in retirement, stay focused on your long-term plan, 10, 20, or 30 years. Don't let the history, you're right, past performance is not an indication of future performance, but the reality is it does help us understand what we're trying to do. Don't get caught up with your emotions, and I think be flexible. This may be an opportunity for somebody to do something. Guys, thanks so much for today's program. I appreciate it. Both of you, Latrice, thank you, and Scott. Always a pleasure, Jim. Well, if you've been listening, of course, this is The Voice, KWAM 990 at FM 107.9. And my guest, Nancy Crawford of the Better Business Bureau. If you'd like to talk with her, 757-8627. And Latrice McClin and Scott Jordan. If you have additional questions for Latrice or Scott or would like to talk with them personally, please give them a call at 757-5757. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. As always, thanks for listening. And if you have questions for Talk Money, send them to Talk 
Wealth Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. We've talked about geopolitical concerns. They are real. But there are strategies that you can walk around it. So stay with us. There's lots more that you need to be listening to in the next couple of weeks. To find today's programs on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and thanks so much for listening and being a part of today's program. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Latrice McClinn is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Come on now.